Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Saturday Standouts. Along with me, as always, is my good friend Sam here, joining me for my co-host, Seat and partner. How are you doing tonight, Sam? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited to tackle these receivers slash tight ends tonight. How are you? How are you tonight, Caleb? Man, I'm doing good. I've um, just been working actually a little tired. Um, I don't know. I think I overslept, which, if that's possibly a thing. But, um, you know, sleep too much. But, uh, you know, going to make it through. I'm excited to talk wide receivers tonight. We're also throwing in tight ends as well. Um, but before we go ahead and start jumping into, you know, everybody and starting to look at these prospects, we're going to go ahead and go through a couple of our sponsorships here. So paying the bills, as people say. You can go to mybookie.ag if you're a gamer man like myself. Use code USN100 for double your first deposit. It's a minimum deposit of $45. So say you get $50, bucks, you put $50 in, you'll get $50 in free plays from my bookie as well on top of that. Also, head over to rxhemp.com for all natural pain relief cream. It's CBD infused, no THC, guys, so it is just CBD. Use code rxhemp-usn for 10% off every single one of your purchases. Um, great stuff over there. I love it. I am actually waiting on a new one to come um, in the mail soon. Um, Garrett's go ahead and chime it in. Uh, I know this is receiver show, but any comment on the report that NFL scouts have Zach Wilson over T Law? Are there touch on that real quick? There's people that have Zach Wilson over. I've seen like fans put Zach Wilson as their QB one. I've not, I haven't seen talking about in mock drafts or like overall. I've heard some people say that Zach Wilson is a higher ceiling. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't been seeing a whole lot of that, Garrett. Um, but on to our next sponsor. Um, first one up, it's pretty big, is our new Patreon that we have going for the Unwrapped Sports Network. Um, it's awesome stuff, guys. You head over there, go to patreon.com backslash unwrapped sports, and it's our new page right here that where you can support our network, guys. Um, if you're a fan of this show, if you're a fan of other shows on the Unwrapped Sports Network, head over to Patreon. Even if you're just supporting us, $1 a month, no biggie. You know, it's just general support. We appreciate it no matter what. Um, then we also have two bigger tiers, one at $5 a month under the Unwrapped family, and then we have the $10 per month under the, under the Unwrapped VIP. Down below, guys, you can see exactly what comes with each of those. So I um, can't really see them, so I'll go ahead and go over it. Um, if you're in the Unwrapped family level, you're going to get 10% off the Patreon um, code to use on the Unwrapped Teespring shop, which we'll go and visit here in a little bit. You'll also get access to 24-7 Discord chat, which is uh, filled up with a bunch of us contributors as well as fans alike. So it's kind of meshing us with each other, which is awesome as well. And then you also are entered for a $10 Amazon giveaway, which is pretty awesome stuff. Everybody loves to shop on Amazon. That's pretty much where I buy everything. And then at the $10 level, you get 20% off the Unwrapped Teespring shop, and you still get access to the 24-7 Discord as well. And except in this one, what's different from the VIP from the family is that it comes with an entry into that giveaway for the $10 Amazon gift card, but it also comes with a entry into our signed jersey giveaway. So $10 per month, you enter a signed jersey giveaway or signed memorabilia of some sort every single month. So I say that $10 is pretty much worth it. This month in particular, we have a signed Keenan Allen jersey in the powder blue. So it's really, really pretty, um, you know, piece right there for your room if you like to hang your stuff or just, you know, have it. It's good stuff. And then as well, head over to teespring.com backslash stores backslash unwrapped and get your merchandise for the unwrapped shows whether that's you know fights unwrapped who was just on right before us keeping it blunt that i have a show with um one of our founders perry after this as well i mean you've got um 
all kinds of shows on there that you're able to get the hard counts on there. Gen, Gen Z is on there. Um, all, all the Unwrapped shows have a memorabilia mm-hmm. on there even too. So head over to Unwrapped or excuse me, teespring.com backslash doors backslash Unwrapped and get all of your Florida State or Florida State, excuse me, man, I've got Florida State on my mind right now. All, all your Unwrapped items. Um, but yeah, Sam, we're talking about wide receivers and tight ends today, um, which is pretty exciting stuff because there's a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball on the offense and a bunch of skill players that can provide different assets to teams. Yeah. I mean, I think we can start with, you know, both who we and probably several other, several other people have as their wide receiver one, and that's Jamar Chase. Um, and I think I mentioned this last week with the running back position, but I think it goes much, I think it goes much better with the wide receiver position is I mean, maybe Jamar Chase is the best example because let's take Rondell Moore, for example, a guy that, you know, opted out, came back. I think he got was injured and then he ended up opting out again. And that potentially hurt his draft stuff because we're seeing multiple wide receivers come out and, you know, really, really perform well. Devontae Smith is one of them. Um, and even Jalen Waddle before he got hurt. So, I mean, that, that to me, that, that didn't really affect Jamar Chase a ton. I might have – feel like we've seen him a, a few times like outside of a top 10 mock draft but it's very rare that I've seen now Jamar Chase fall out of the top 10 um and at this point I'd be very shocked if he falls out of the top 10 um but you know Jamar Chase is the all-round wide receiver like you mentioned there's multiple wide receivers that scream versatility um and Jamar Chase is going to be a special player he's Feel like i've probably read too that he's got a very high ceiling but jamar chase i mean even just going through the draft order one could probably say that the jets are are an immediate fit um so he could go as early as two i've seen Devonte smith as early as two i like the philadelphia eagles but there's multiple fits for jamar chase yeah i think the top three that everybody can kind of solidify themselves you know in that order right there is you know jamar chase Devonte smith and then Jalen waddle that, that's the fight for the number one spot honestly but at the end of the day i put out a poll today on my twitter actually asking the same question who would you choose as you know the number one wide receiver in this year's draft and a lot of people put Devonte smith as the number one receiver i think it's a lot of recency bias just because of you know what he was able to do this season um, it was a different season, so who knows if that could have been a factor as well. I don't think so. He's he's a hell of a wide receiver, but I still think Jamar Chase is that number one guy. And when he was in that Tigers offense le- the year before last, um, it, with Joe Burrow as quarterback, he he just tore it up. He kind of really flashed upon the scene at, in no time. And him opting out this season I don't think hurts his draft stock at all. I think he's still the number one overall guy. And then the other guy that people were talking about as being potentially the number one wide receiver that they would take is Devontae Smith. Um Guy's special. He's just so good at getting off of the defender, getting the defender off of him, which is his route running is impeccable. Um, he's just small. You know, it's always plagued him his whole life. I don't want to hold that against him now either, but I mean, it's going to be, you know, he's always going to have that until he, you know, proves it in the NFL now. So um, I like him a lot. I, I also think Steve started a great job of putting him in positions to be successful. So I think he's going to have to go to an offense that knows how to use him the right way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I fully agree with that. I've seen – I'm just talking to my friend who is an Eagles fan. If, if I were the Eagles, I would personally if, – if you have Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith on the board, I personally would go Devontae – or not Devontae Smith. I would go Jamar Chase. You already have 
you know, an undersized wide receiver, a speed guy like Jalen Rager. And a lot of people were very surprised to see Devontae Smith come back. I personally believe he needed that year. He was like, he was the third option last year. And yes, it panned, like, obviously it did pan out. He's special. He proved that size does not always matter. Granted, he, he is 6'1", but he is 175. So he's going to be interesting to watch over those big-bodied you know, defensive backs that he's going to be going up against in the NFL. Um, but Devontae Smith is going to be special, and he could go as early as two. I don't necessarily agree with it, um, but we could see a team maybe trade up for him depending on where he falls. I mean, I've seen mocks. I saw a mock it was last week. He dropped a 16 to the Cardinals. So these wide receivers could fluctuate anywhere. It's all about who, which team values this wide receiver more. Yeah, I think he ultimately will be the number two wide receiver off the board. Either that or his teammate Jalen Waddle, I would guess, would be the only contributor or the person that would be able to, you know, give um, Devontae Smith some competition there for the second overall number wide receiver taken off the board. So um, Jalen Waddle, obviously his season was cut short because of a fractured ankle. He, tra- he tried to play in a national championship game. Um, I guess he kind of was just used as a decoy, which, you know, albeit he did catch a couple balls. So. I'm good for him. So what do you see from Jalen Waddle? I think he'll be fine. I don't think this injury um, really affects his draft stock either. And I think he'll be one hell of a wide receiver. He's just, he's just your overall, you know, solid wide receiver. He's big body. He can get the ball. He's fast. He's strong. Um, He can block well. He just does everything the right way usually. So, um, you know, typical Alabama wide receiver who knows what he's doing. You know, it's just what happens when it comes to the NFL and Alabama's and wide receivers. Same thing with LSU though. So, um, Jalen Waddle, what do you see out of him? And you think he's probably the third guy taken off the board? So that's the thing, too, is you mentioned his blocking. He's not that bad of a blocker, and he's under six foot. He's 5'10", right. 182. Like, yeah, he's not, like, the most crisp blocker, but he, he is a promising blocker. Um, I love Jalen Waddle. And an interesting conversation to have, too, is even before this season, who do people like better? Devontae in the NFL. Devontae Smith. Jalen Waddle. I don't remember if we agreed on this, but I had Jalen Waddle um, better as an NFL wide receiver. But I don't remember what you had. But I think I had Devontae Smith. Okay. Um, or I might have agreed with you. I, I do like Jalen Waddle though. I like them both. Yeah, I mean Alabama, Alabama. If they if, if there's anything they breed, well, they breed talent. Obviously, like five stars <laughs> here and there. But but wide receiver is something obviously they've specialized in. Um, but you know, we've seen guys like Amari Cooper come out, um, Julio Jones come out, multiple guys. And now Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle are going to be on that list. Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, John Mechie the third could be on that list in a few years. Um, it's unbelievable. Alabama had the number one recruiting class right, for, right in front of Ohio State this season. I love Jalen Waddle. I, I, I think he has a very bright future. I totally agree with you. I, th- I still think he can go top 10. Is he a top 10 prospect? I think he's just outside of the top 10, um, but mm-hmm. I I don't see him. I wouldn't be too shocked if he fell outside of the top 10 based on who's picking. I think we could see some maybe a trade or two in the top 10 um, because of this quarterbacks, because of how many quarterbacks are going to go in the first round is a question that's going to be in everyone's mind as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is where it starts to get a little bit, you know, 
more pick and choose the type of wide receiver you want because all these guys have different assets and skills that they bring to certain teams. And what are, what is a team looking for? Uh, go up and get a guy in the end zone. Do you want a, a speedster? Do you want a guy who likes to play slot? Um, do you want an athlete? So, I mean, throwing out names around there, there's so many, you got Terrence Marshall, you got Kadarius, Tony, Rondell Moore, Tutu Atwell, Rashad Bateman, Tylen Wallace, Sage Surratt, Warren Terry, um, you got guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, Trevin Grimes, Shai Smith from South Carolina. Uh, it, it's just the, the names keep going on and on. And there's probably names even down here that you could be like, wow, like Seth Williams, wide receiver, Auburn. Like some of these, Daz Newsom, North Carolina. So Frank Darby, Arizona State, Trey Nixon from UCF. And that's like all the way at 30 right now. So like there's so many wide receivers that you could take your pick from. I don't even know where you want to go from here. So I'll let you, I'll let you take it. <laughs> I personally want to go with a wide receiver that, you know, it seems like nobody really talks about enough now. Cause I mean, everyone went from picking him as this, the top three wide receiver, perhaps one of the best, the second one, probably the second best wide receiver in the draft before this past season um, before Devonte Smith had the season that he had. And that's a six, one, two, 10 Minnesota wide receiver. Rashad Bateman. Um, I, I mean, even the same thing with Rondo Moore. It seems like both of these Big Ten wide receivers are not getting talked about enough. I don't know. It's just I don't know if it's if NFL teams aren't viewing these Big Ten wide receivers this this in this class as not as high because, I mean, to me, Rashad Bateman's everything you can ask for in a wide receiver. He's he's an elite route runner. He's a he's a good blocker. He has elite hands. He displays. He plays with a lot of toughness. I would love Rashad Bateman on the Packers. I don't want a receiver. Depending on what our receiver room is going to look like for the Packers, if we cut Devin Funches, because I certainly believe he – I definitely think he is going to be – he probably will be a cut candidate. Um, but Rashad Bateman, to me, if I'm looking at a team, maybe the Chicago Bears, um, most likely losing Allen Robinson. Um, and there's another team. I was, the Tennessee Titans, Corey Davis on the block. I – wouldn't be surprised at all if the Titans end up letting Corey Davis walk. I mean, there's the Baltimore Ravens. There's multiple teams that could really use a wide receiver like Rashad Bateman. Yeah, there there is. I just don't think I have him as high as you. I know I was excited about him this year, and then he opted out to begin the season, and then he opted back in the big decided to have a season. I was excited to see him, you know, try and get back on the field and blossom like a lot of us expected to. He didn't really do that. Um, it was just kind of like – I'm there. I play five games and then he decided to opt out the last game of the season. So, um, you know, we didn't get to see a whole lot and that was kind of a bummer. I still think he's a solid guy. Um, do I think he's right there at like the number four guy or anything like that? Probably not, but I mean, you could slot him in anywhere from like seven to 10. There's even more guys there that I think fit in that range than they do fit in maybe the, you know, four five, six range. So, um, guys like Rondell Moore, you know, he kind of had his own issues this season as well. Um, smaller guy, obviously, but for Purdue. So those were the only two really, I guess, big Big Ten wide receiver names that you could really throw out there. I'm not sure if there's any more out, any any others um, that I'm looking at right now. Not really that. Shockingly, kind of, no Chris Olave, but <laughs> Yeah, no Chris Olave, but that's because he's coming back. So you don't get another Big Ten wide receiver to like Nico Collins from Michigan. So – um, yeah, it's not a very good season or year for, um, you know, Big Ten wide receivers. But um, I like Rondell Moore. He's, he's a quick speedster guy. Um, I don't know how many wide receivers are going to see taken in the first round. I don't think it'll be more than six. Six will probably be a cap that I would say. 
if that is even the case. Um, just this, this, we were talking about earlier. This is just a one, one of the deepest wide receiver classes we've seen. And then you, you look at other small guys that are up there as well, like Rondell Moore, and you've got Tutu Atwell, um, and you got like Darius Tony there as well. So two guys that are, you know, smaller, and then you've got a big guy as well, Terrence Marshall among that group. Rondell Moore is an interesting one because I, I mean, I like Rondell Moore. I'm definitely higher on Rashad Bateman than I am on Rondell Moore. Um, he is 5'9", 175. So, I mean, he's he's a few inches shorter than Devontae Smith with the same weight. Um, he could be used in a slot. Like you said, I love his speed. Could be used in maybe a special teams uh, return specialist. Um, I mean, th- this guy could be, you know, a versatile player that could be a playmaker on both the team's offense and the slot and both in this on special teams. So, um, but he, again, he, he did opt out. And I, I, I think, I think this, his opt out and him opting back in hurt his stock more than Rashad Bateman's because I think Rondo Moore, I think could potentially turn into a steal because I think there's a strong chance he's probably, he might fall out of the first round. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, he, he is a quick guy. Uh, and then kind of the riser of this season is probably Kadarius Tony, wide receiver out of Florida. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's another that's another slot guy, too. And the Packers need a true slot. I've seen multiple. Um, I've seen multiple mock drafts with Kadarius Tony, the Packers, which, I like I said, I'd be fine with a wide receiver, depending on what our wide receiver room looks like come April 29th. So, I mean – the Packers do need a true slot wide receiver. They have big body wide receivers. They have Devin Funches, Alan Lazard. They have an elite, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL this year in Devontae Adams. Um, But I mean, before last season or before this past season, outside of Devontae Adams, you never know who shows up. There was a lot of question marks, I should say, because even this season, you never know who's going to show up, Lazard or MVS. But the Packers are definitely a good fit for the um, for Kadarius Tony because the Packers do need a true slot wide receiver, and I think you and I were kind of a little bit higher on Trevin Grimes too. And Trevin Grimes didn't do bad in the Senior Bowl, especially in drills. So he looks like a promising wide receiver that people could they could groom into potential productive player in their wide receiver room. But Kadarius Tony probably one of, if not the biggest draft riser of the season. Yeah, I just think because of the explosiveness and the speed when he does make those plays, it's just pretty wild um, that he's able to do some of the things he does. His spin move looks like it's just flicking a joystick on a remote remote control um, on a video game. It's just ridiculous the moves he's able to do to, you know, create space and get himself in the open field. So, And then he just at that point lets the speed take over, and we both were high higher on Trevon Grimes to start this season. And no, Kadarius Tony said, nope, I'm taking the bull by the horns and I'm going out there and proving myself and raising my stock this year. And that's exactly what he did. So I'm um, good for him to be able to do that. Um, do you have anything that you want to say about um, Tutu Atwell? Or are we going to go ahead and jump into like this next crop of guys? I'm about to bring up. I mean, Tutu Atwell, I know you were higher on him. I think I mentioned Des Fitzpatrick. Um mm-hmm. I mentioned I mentioned Des Fitzpatrick and Des Fitzpatrick. I was I did a not really a profile, but I did a mock draft for the Cardinals like last week. Des Fitzpatrick has little to no elite film to show. He's not that fast. Um, I do like his blocking a lot, and I think that could be very crucial for some teams because I mean I think blocking is an area 
that sticks out in his game. Um, I think Des Fitzpatrick's good. I think with a good senior bowl, I think that could solidify himself as a late-round draft pick. Um, Tutu Atwell is a riser, though. I mean, I, I, I like that. I think he could have a very successful career. Yeah, he just needs to put weight on. Um, he's a small guy, 165. I mean, that's not very big for getting ready to go to the NFL where you're going to be taking some shots on every play, even when you're in the blocking game. So we'll see. He's a hell of a playmaker like a lot of these guys, but a lot of these guys are just, you know, 5'9", and, you know, small dudes who just know how to really run routes and get the ball in their hands and make plays out of them. So um, I really, really like this crop of people and these crop of players. Um, and in this next group that I have, um, well, let's start with Tylen Wallace, who I have been a huge fan of. Um, I talk about him whenever we do talk about wide receivers. We talk about the Pac-12. Um, big body frame, six foot 185. He can get bigger, um, put on maybe 10, 15 more pounds, and that'll be a good solid spot for you at, at um, what is he? Did I say he's five or six foot exactly? So that'd be good. Um, runs a decent four, 40 time, like around a four five. So that's good for him. Um, he played well last year, uh, even with the problems that Oklahoma State did have at quarterback. So that was good to see that that didn't matter for him to have a good season. Um, I, I like Tylen Wallace, you know, sliding in anywhere. In that, he's kind of in that seven to 10 range that I was talking about earlier that I like for wide receivers. Um, so, I mean, the year before he had 53 catches, 900 yards, just 97 yards short of um, 1,008 touchdowns. Um, and then he had that big knee injury and it took all offseason for it to get repaired. And then him coming back from that injury and being able to do what he did this year for for the Cowboys was pretty, you know, telling that this guy is a, is a good pickup for whoever, you know, lands him. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast. It was the um, the first draft podcast with you know Tom McShay, Mel Kuyper Jr., and Field Yates, and they were talking about Tylen Wallace. And Todd McShay was saying that this could be a guy that turns out of this wide receiver draft class that turns out to be one of the best wide receivers to turn like in terms of talent, in terms of his production in this draft class. And I think the one thing is. You mentioned his injury history too. Like he does have a little bit of an injury history and to have an injury history, especially one that major throughout college. And there's another one that I want to get to too, that I like a lot, but unfortunately he dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, I think that's going to hurt his draft stock a little bit, but again, he could go higher than expected. Um, And again, look at LaVisca Chenault. I wasn't overly high on LaVisca Chenault because of his injury history throughout college. And he definitely exceeded expectations. He didn't. He he played very well. I wouldn't say he did great, but he had a very promising rookie season with the Jaguars. And now they're he hoping did, and to get with all their quarterback issues too. Right, exactly. And now you're bringing in the generational talent, hopefully, in Trevor Lawrence. So um, that'll be hopefully boosting that wide receiver core even more. Um, but um, I think obviously, yeah, the one big thing for Tylen Wallace is probably going to be his injury history, but he definitely could go higher than expected. It's probably that and his size ultimately is probably what holds people back because he's not necessarily as fast as those other guys who are talking about the two, two outwells, the Kadarius Tonys of the world. He's got good speed, but he doesn't have that great speed for how small he is. So that might be holding him back as well, especially on top of that injury. Um, and then another one of my favorites who I've been a, you know, stand of all year long up to this point. And that's Almond Ross St. Brown out of USC. Yeah, you and me both. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. We I love think him. he's he's probably I, I I think he's probably five or six. I'm debating putting him at five or Rondo Moore at five, but I mean I think 
Amon Ra needs to be talked about more. He put a thousand yard receiving, had a thousand yard receiving season last season. He wasn't in the spot. Well, I should, he was in the spotlight, but the majority of the spotlight was Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, there's, if there's one area that he'll probably have to polish up a bit is his blocking. Um, you, you'll see times where his technique gets in the way with him. He'll get called for penalties, but Amon Ross St. Brown, I think is going to be a special player. And I loved Michael Pittman Jr. coming out of college. Um, and Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, is going to follow in his footsteps. Yeah, I don't see this being wrong on your part at all in any sense because you and I both love him. He's a big body wide receiver, 6'1", 195. You love that, goes up and gets it, can make plays as well, and is sneakily fast for as big as he is. Um, there's a lot of people out there saying that they think he should have come back next year, um, but I don't see the point in doing so when you know you're already going to have be solidified in probably the first two rounds if you are him. So I like that a lot. Um, USC is another one of those schools that can produce talent at the wide receiver position. So, you know, I don't see him necessarily falling at any point or you see any red flags. He seems like a great guy when you hear him speak and everything like that. Um, he didn't have the season he probably thought he was going to have. Um, but he had three really good games, even though, so that's half of the games. Um, he had that one game where he scored three touchdowns, <laughs> which was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, on Ross St. Brown, I think he's high up there. He's probably in that seven to 10 range, like I keep saying. So, I mean, you can fit like five guys in that seven to 10 range and take your pick because they're all going to be able to provide and be a playmaker for your team, whether that's as a starter or as a, you know, number two guy. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm definitely putting him in around my five or six range. <laughs> I think I would even argue him being in my top five. I, I, I'm, I'm very high on him raw. I'm almost cool. high I am, on him. Go ahead. I am too. There's just, there's so many, like, I don't know when I look at the NFL draft order, like what do these teams need? And I'm trying to think of like what they have, what pieces they're going to be missing here in free agency, what happens with all that. And I just see him, you know, just fitting in elsewhere, like later mm -hmm. as it moves along instead of, cause some of these guys just want, you know, a, a wide receiver that's going to be able to make plays. They don't necessarily care that you're a big body guy or this or that. So I think that might prohibit him from going as high as we originally thought. Right. But on to our next person. Um, who else was I going to highlight here? Oh, yes. Um, Sage Surratt, wide receiver at Wake Forest, excuse me. And then um, we can talk about guys like Trevon, we already talked about Trevon, Trevon Grimes, excuse me. But, you know, the Shy Smiths, the Tamorian Terrys of this, you know, prospect group for the wide receivers in 2020. Yeah. Who did you, who did you just start with? Um, I said Tamori Ontario and Sage Surratt. Sage Surratt. Um, I think his opt-out was definitely – definitely hurt him. I think – I mean, hurt more than Rondo Moore. I mean, Sage Surratt to me could fall as – I feel like I've seen him as an early day three pick. I don't think that will necessarily be the case. I think he could fall as late as the third round. Um, but it almost seems like he's a hit-or-miss player because I love Sage Surratt. Um, but again, I, I think a lot of people, including myself, really wish he would have played um, this season because Sam Hartman wasn't bad. And um, Jamie Newman opted out or obviously transferred to Georgia, opted out. So it would have been interesting to see him with a young underclassman quarterback in Sam Hartman, who wasn't bad. I think he was a freshman or sophomore this year. Right. Uh, 
Oh, oh, my bad. I thought you had cut out. Um, oh, yeah. No, you're fine. Uh, no, my bad. Um, yeah, I like Sage Surratt. I think he mm-hmm. is probably the one that was hurt most by deciding to opt out. Um, but apparently he did look good at the senior bowl. Teams were impressed with his hands, his size, and his body control. Um, and I believe he'll be a solid guy. It reminds me a lot of what people were saying, you know, kind of about A.J. Brown um, coming out of Ole Miss a couple of years back, saying he's just a solid wide receiver. He's got good hands. He's going to catch the ball. He's big. Um, and he's got great length and athleticism. So that's kind of what you get here with Sage Surratt. I mean, he's 6'3", 215. He's just a massive guy who's going to fit in well in the NFL. You don't have to worry about blocking for a wide receiver that's that big. Um, so I think a team that gets him will probably ultimately get a real big steal out of this draft just because he was supposed to originally go higher, but we didn't get to see him play. So, you know, probably somewhere around two or three. Um, I'd be lucky to see him slip to three. But like I said, this wide receiver class is deep, so they're going to go pretty quick, I have, I have a feeling. And there was another guy that I wanted to talk about. I feel like I've brought him up so many times because I like him a lot. But unfortunately, he's – I mean, this is another guy that's dealt with injuries like Tylen Wallace. Probably worse, though. I mean, he dealt with a collarbone injury. He dealt with an ACL injury. That's 5'10", 182 Houston wide receiver, uh, Marquez Stevenson. I mean, I think he could develop into um, – similar to Rondo Moore, maybe even more of a playmaker on special teams – and mm-hmm. also a slot receiver. So I think this is a guy that, you know, can bring a lot of versatility to teams, potentially in, you know, an early day three pick, a fourth to fifth rounder. Um, but obviously I think that injury history is probably going to hurt him. But I like Marquez Stevenson a lot. I love his speed. Yeah, apparently he's extremely fast, runs like a four four three or something crazy mm-hmm. like that, which is extremely good for a wide receiver um out of houston but houston's good at producing those types of players either he's big six foot 190 prototypical guy um at the wide receiver position not a a huge guy but you know good and fast so a lot of people have compared him i believe to like a marquise brown a jalen rieger type of wide receiver um which i think he might be better than them it's just about you know making that work in the nfl and you know that injuries could have an impact on him. He can he stay, you know, healthy when he does get to the NFL. Um, but excuse me, another round two, you know, to three guy right there, depending on where you want to take him. Yeah, I fully agree. Yeah. All right. And then um, I, I had mentioned Tamora Terry and then, you know, there's guys like Elijah. Um, yeah. Excuse me. Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Yeah, Trevin Grimes, Shai Smith, um, Demetric Fulton, who we can also talk about. Yeah, Tamorian Terry, I, I think Tamorian Terry could turn into a potential steal. I mean, this is another 6'4", 209 big-bodied wide receiver. I think we knocked him and had a minor knock on him for his blocking, but, I mean, that I don't think we even – to me, I don't think his blocking is a red flag. I just think it needs a little bit of polishing. Um, but I want to say he – he got kicked off the team or something for Florida State, right? Because then he ended up opting out. Yeah, I don't know if he got kicked off. There's speculation um, about what was actually happening, what the reason was. But, yeah, he ultimately opted out. So right. you know, that's all that everybody's given in the public. So, like, we don't know exactly what happened with that. So who knows? Tamori and Terry's always been kind of, <clears throat> I'm going to do it my way, you know, type player. So it, it's what is what it is. He didn't have over 1,000 yards in any of his seasons. Um, last year he had a pretty good year, 892 yards, 44 catches, eight touchdowns. And then the year before, or the year this past year, um, he didn't start the season very hot cause he was banged up, had a couple injuries going on that prohibited him from playing a game or two. 
Um, and then, you know, Florida State's offensive line and quarterback play did not help the situation in trying to get the ball to him. So I think a lot of NFL scouts are probably sitting there salivating that, you know, tomorrow and Terry's going to be sitting there whenever they go to look for him, whether that's in between rounds two and four, depending on where you want to take him. Um, we'll see. He's gotten much better at his blocking this past season. Um, that was shown on tape. He took a little, he, you know, made it more of an effort and everyday thing for him to do while he's at practice was get better at his blocking. And it showed um, this past year in team, in terms of getting other players on his team, open spaces to run through and things of that nature. But uh, tomorrow on Terry sitting there at, in round three, you know, give me that all day. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that stands out to me too, is if you look back at the 2019 season, He'd over 11, he had over 1,100 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. And, yes, Florida State now has Mackenzie Milton, which I think will help a lot with their recruiting. And, I mean, it, it's already starting to. But he was playing at a school for, you know, two, three seasons where they dealt with quarterback problems. And mm -hmm. we had James Blackman in 2019, Alex Hornibrook bench in 20 – or a bench for Alex Hornibrook in 2020. I mean – and he still put up over 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns. So I mean, I mean that to me, I think is one thing that stands out. He doesn't, he doesn't need, he doesn't need an elite quarterback and to throw him the ball, and he can still put put up these numbers. But yeah, yeah, that I mean, could you imagine if you had you know at least just a half decent quarterback back there that would be the ball to you, um, and you probably could have done something over your career much more than you originally thought. But yeah, he's. The potential is there, and I think that's why his ceiling is so high is why scouts love him and, and are looking to draft him there. Um, then we can talk about um, Shai Smith, the wide receiver from South Carolina, 5'10", 190, pretty prototypical size for a wide receiver, four or five times. So not the fastest guy, but good speed. Um, he has very He's very shifty, though. So when he's running his routes, it's very crisp, very clean, very um, elusive, too. Once he does get the ball in his hand, he can just make a play. Um, just great field vision overall for him as well another solid wide receiver that i like um, come around these rounds that we're talking about right now yeah i do like shy smith a little bit undersized in terms of weight probably could put probably could put on a few pounds but i mean there's multiple guys we've we've already named a few that can be you know like a true slot wide receiver and i think shy smith could develop into that we've seen his route running improve throughout the years um and shy smith's another guy that played very well this year and um, I want to say, I don't, I don't think he was at the senior bowl, <laughs> but no, he uh, was, he, was a, he helped himself. He was the one that was kind of showing out during practice. Oh, you're right. Thank you. Yes, you're right. And that, I mean, I, yeah. And he's another guy. And if you look at the senior bowl too, um, that's been a, that's been an event for the past few years now where, you know, players have that, like, if you look at Kyle Duggar from last year, um, Probably more. I don't remember. Oh, Quinn Miners from this year. Um, and I've seen Quinn Miners as early as the third round. And interior O-line prospects, he's at like three or four on Mel Kuyper's list right now. So um, the Senior Bowl has been an absolute showcase for these players to really show off their skills. And Shai Smith has been one of those guys to do that. Um, and like I said, we've seen his route running improve throughout the years. And um, he was one of the premier receivers over at South Carolina this year. Yeah. And then we have, um, Dem Demetric, excuse me, Demetric Felton wide receiver mm -hmm. slash running back out of UCLA. We, I know we mentioned him a, a little bit last week in the running back room. Um, but right here we have him in the wide receiver grouping as well. 5'10", 200, 
runs a sub four five forty, which is good speed. Projected to go, you know, rounds three or four here. Um, he was a running back for UCLA in twenty twenty, um, but he can be utilized in. We were talking about, you know, a role similar to like what Tyreek Hill does, or um, I'm trying to think of who else we mentioned last week in terms of being able to play that role as wide receiver slash running back, that athlete style, but. Um, you know, one of those types that you're able to just give them, give him the ball in any situation and let him do what he does. And that's kind of where Demetri Felton comes in here. Where he was impressing um, at the senior bowl. Uh, I think pretty sure everybody saw the videos of what he was able to do at the wide receiver position. So it's just a matter of him fully understanding the position that he is going to be asked to do when it comes to the NFL is pretty much what I'm seeing out of this. Yeah. And I mean, we don't have to repeat ourselves because I think we kind of talked about this last week, but like I said, I think teams are going to fall in love with his versatility. And like you've just mentioned, their ability to utilize him and use him in a variety of situations on their offense. He can be mm -hmm. a playmaker and they're over on their wide receiver core. He can be a playmaker on their backfield. Um, so, I mean, in the senior bowl was really, really his time to really, you know, showcase that versatility. And he did. Yeah, he did. Um, and there's a couple guys that are kind of lower on this list, but still big names. Um, known to um, the college football world, especially. And maybe if you're starting to look at deep wide receivers for the NFL draft, you know, guy got guys like Seth Williams, who was an animal at Auburn, Daz Newsome, and then Frank Darby. Um, those will be kind of the last three wide receivers you talk about before we move on to our tight ends. Yeah, I mean, I like Frank Darby. Um, he clocked in as the third fastest wide receiver at the Senior Bowl. Number one was, oh, one was Demetri Felton. Two was Kadarius Tony, and three um, was Frank Darby. Um, I like his route running a lot. Um, I the biggest thing for me for him is his consistency. I love his speed. We've seen his elite speed and his ability to create separation with his wide receivers. His consistency in his blocking. Um, his technique needs work because if you look at his plays, um, if you look at his plays, um, there was one I, I don't remember who they played. Might have been Duke. Um, Back in 2019, um, he he started wrapping up when the play goes, and then I'm kind of surprised he didn't even get called for a holding penalty. Um, but for me, his blocking technique needs work um, and just consistency in his game because I think he needs quite a bit of polishing, um, but I think he could have a productive career in the NFL. Yeah, like Frank Darby, he's, he's going to be a solid wide receiver. He's an end zone threat, which is good. Teams really like that. 6'1", 200, nice size for a wide receiver there. Um, projected to go around four through six, just I think his speed and like you say, that consistency, not only consistently consistently doing what's right on the field when it comes to blocking and doing a job as a wide receiver, no matter mm -hmm. if your number's called or not, but also with injury. Um, he's another one of those guys who was kind of banged up this past season, didn't get a whole lot of opportunities to really showcase what he is able to do. So if he can stay healthy, I think you know NFL teams will start to show a little bit more notice with him um being in Arizona State in the Pac-12 who only played six games doesn't you know really help your case especially when you're playing limited games due to injury so um it, it's pain to see him down that far but I think it'll be these three guys that we're talking about especially will be you know solid pickups for either a number two or number three wide receiver for the respective team who drafts them um and the next guy I wanted to point out is Seth Williams um Seth Williams he was just a problem in the SEC last year and that's with um Bo Nix throwing to him. So you you have – sorry, Bo Nix, but you're not really that great of a quarterback. Um, you probably won't be successful in the NFL. But um, Seth Williams, you got bailed out by him a lot. 6'3", 224. Big wide receiver. 
great route runner, really knows how to, you know, work a defender. So, I mean, you not DK Metcalf specifically, but one of those big guys are that are able to just, you know, bully the way a Mike Evans type, if you will. Um, he struggled in 2020, um, didn't, you know, do great, but he had big games in, in some situations where he needed to have big games. And you can't really name and say that it was his fault because there were multiple throws by Bo Nix that should have probably been completed as Seth Williams. He needs to get on track. Um, he does create – he has trouble sometimes creating separation um, and the big plays get away from him. So he makes this he won. He's going to be able to make game-changing plays. I think that's something that's maybe holding him back a bit. But he's a huge position wide receiver, got huge hands. Um, you can trust him to come down with the ball, and, you know, when it's thrown up there. Yeah, and I mean, I'm glad you brought up the Mike Evans point because there's been a lot of analysts that have, you know, compared him to Mike Evans. And that's a very, very high prediction um, for a wide receiver like Seth Williams, who, like you said, has Bo Heisman throwing him the ball, Bo Nix. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but Seth Williams, yeah, I mean, he's a big body receiver. I'm anxious to see how he performs up against – you know, elite corners, because if you look at his game against South Carolina this year, he had 11 targets and only caught four of them going up against J.C. Horn, who I think very well probably will be a first round pick. Um, so I'm very curious to see what his performance will be like going up against these elite corners, depending on what division he's playing in. Um, you know, I'll just put up an example. Chicago Bears or even Detroit Lions, you're going to be going up against an all pro snub, Jair for um, two games a year, depending on what their wide receiver room is going to be looking like. But um, those are potential fits, too, um, that teams could get in the third to fourth round for Seth Williams. Um, but um, I like Seth Williams a lot, too. I mean, I think he could turn into a very productive potential steal of a wide receiver, too. I mean, he's proven to be very reliable as well. Yes, sir, he is. And then that'll leave us with one more here in the wide receiver room, and that's Daz Newsome, wide receiver out of North Carolina. Um, he had good performances. You know, that North Carolina offense was extremely lethal with the running backs that they had. Sam Howell, you know, running the offense from the quarterback position. So you you expect Daz Newsome to be here. I, I think he probably should have been higher. He had a pretty productive junior year, and then, like, this last season, he just absolutely took off. And, you know, it was pretty dangerous. Runs a 4-5-2, 5-11, 190. So um, we'll see what he looks like coming into the NFL. He is a smaller, smaller guy here, but he's got good bulk and size on him. So he can, you know, be a very solid wide receiver. He's not going to get hurt a lot because he's got that added weight. Um, but, you know, it depends on who wants to draft a slot receiver here and probably rounds, you know, three to like five. Yeah, I mean, there's another. I mean, there's Daz Newsome. There's Diami Brown, who seems to be a draft riser. I've seen him in this, I mean, as early as the second round. Um, and we've been very high on North Carolina's offense all season. And mm -hmm. now they're losing guys. They're, they're losing both their running backs, but they bring in Ty Chandler, who we mentioned like two weeks ago, I think. Um, mm -hmm. They're losing two of their star wide receivers. Um, and Daz Newsom and Diami Brown, but Daz Newsom has, you know, elite hands. He's proven like, like other wide receivers, like Seth Williams, he has proven to be a very reliable wide receiver. And he has, he has been consistent throughout the majority of his time at North Carolina as well. And I'm, I'm very excited to see where he lands. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I know we don't have a lot of time to talk about wide receivers, but you still got guys out there like Tariq Black, um, wide receiver out of, mm -hmm. Um, Texas, excuse me. You got guys like 
Um, Amari Rogers out of Clemson still on the board here as well. Cornell Powell. So, Cornell Powell, the other wide receiver out of Clemson. So, I mean, there's there's a lot going on even in the deeper rounds that you get to that are going to be solid guys to get picked up. But um, without, you know, spending too much more time on them, let's switch over to um, our tight end. You know, closer attention to these top three guys and then throw in, I know you're big on the tight end group as well. Um, You know a lot more tight ends than I do. So there's a couple guys on this list that might not be on everybody's radar that you might want to speak on too. But um, let's just go ahead and address the elephant in the room. Kyle Pitts might be one of the greatest Easter egg finds in this draft in terms of what he is able to provide and the skill set that he is able to provide a team. So the last tight end that was drafted in the first round um, actually, the, I'm sorry. Let me. The last tight end that was drafted in the top ten was T.J. Hawkinson, drafted by the Detroit Lions. The last tight end drafted in the top ten before Hawkinson was Eric Ebron, drafted by the Detroit Lions. Kyle Pitts, I think, is going to be very well could be that guy and turn out to be better than both of them because I mean Eric Ebron looked. Eric Ebron was very very good on the Colts with Andrew Luck, and now he's. He's got. He's on these one-year contracts, kind of flipping around from team to team. You know, trying trying to find, try, trying to find his home. Try, he's trying to find where he fits in because I think he's a free agent as well. I think Pittsburgh. I think the Steelers only signed him to a one-year deal. Yeah. Um, I like Hawkinson a lot, um, but I think Kyle Pitts could be better. I think will Kyle Pitts go top ten? I think there's a strong chance he won't. Um, but it, again, it really depends who's picking because if you look at the, if you look at the tight ends or the teams in this top 10 that need tight ends, you have, um, the Bengals, um, cause I've seen him go as high as four, which that doesn't make any sense to me because they have CJ Ozama, but there's the Carolina Panthers, um, there's one more team that I can't think. The, the Lions are at seven. Oh, you know what? I have the Chargers, but they're not even in the top ten anymore. But the Chargers could use them. <laughs> but there's yeah, multiple teams. Right. And there's multiple teams. Even the Cardinals at 16. I don't know why I blanked on that. But um, Kyle Pitts, I think, could fluctuate in, you know, the four through 20 range. Um, because if to me, if he falls past 15, I'd be shocked. Let alone even 16, because the Cardinals desperately need a tight end. They they don't have a playmaker at tight end. Um, but Kyle Pitts is a guy that has proven he has proven that he can line up as a wide receiver and beat the and you know win those matchups. Um, you know, I think I think we both kind of knocked on his blocking that he can definitely polish up a bit. Um, you know, he is a big body tight end, so that is something that he could potentially that might be a little bit easier for him to polish up, but you know, with the right coaching, I think he's going to be special. He's just a mismatch nightmare no matter where you line him up, whether it's wide receiver, whether that's on on the line there at the tight end mm-hmm. position. He is just an absolute specimen. Um, some people, some analysts have been saying he's probably, he might be even the second best player in this draft behind Trevor Lawrence in terms of a generational talent that you don't get to see very often. Um, comparisons to a Travis Kelsey, a Tony Gonzalez, just because of the way he is able to completely – take advantage of those mismatches that are presented to him. He is just a freak of nature. He's done it two years in a row. And this year he really came on and just absolutely, you know, demolished everybody's path up until he got a concussion. So we'll see how that, you know, weighs into it, but he's six, six, two thirty nine, runs a four, six, eight. 
um, 40. Um, I, I could see him going top 10, man. I, I think oh, yeah. a lot of those teams could, you know, take him. You know, Lions, you know, if they want to go two tight end set with him and, you know, TJ Hawkinson, that would be amazing. I think the Bengals would be a much more lethal offense. Uh, I don't think CJ Uzuma is the same type of player as, you know, Kyle Pitts. So, I mean, that just creates another weapon for you. But I, I think the Cardinals, if they were smart and they don't want to, you know, test the waters and see if he's going to fall to 16, would try and move up in this draft to go and get him. You know, you you want to solidify that you're going to be able to create that lethal offense that you want. You need a tight end that's going to be able to, you know, draw attention to the middle of the field and open up your wide receivers on the outside and your playmakers. So um, there's a lot of places he'd go. Cardinals would probably be the best fit for him as long as, you know, Lincoln Riley's able to, um, you know, utilize him the, the proper way. Um, no, not Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. Uh, Keith, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Um, wrong, wrong head coach there. Uh, my bad. But, yeah, obviously he is the number one tight end prospect. And then after them, um, after him, excuse me, there's two guys that could probably be fighting for the second and third spots here. And that's Brevin Jordan out of Miami and Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State. That's the thing, too, is just I want to very briefly say, if you look at the teams in the 11 through 20 range, I think there's better fits. I think there's more teams that need a tight end desperately than the top 10 teams. You know, there's the yes. Giants, there's the Chargers, the Vikings now potentially, Patriots. if they don't keep Kai Rudolph right, the Patriots, the Cardinals, um, potentially the Dolphins, because Mike Isecki screams inconsistency, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. especially fantasy-wise, which is very frustrating. <laughs> but right. um, even even the Colts, because they, now the Colts are trying to move, um, trying to trade for Zach Ertz, 21. If you go if you even go over to 22, the Titans are, you know, I, the rumor today that they're looking to move on, looking to listen to offers and move from move Geronimo Smith. A little bit surprising to me, but um, but yeah, I mean, Brevin Jordan, another 6'3 guy. I think it was 6'3, 245. This is a guy that's very athletic, very athletic. And I want to say he was lined up, I want to say on the outside part of this time in Miami. Um, I like Brevin Jordan. Brevin Jordan, I feel like a lot of people's you know tight end rankings if between these three fluctuated a lot throughout the season because mm -hmm. I went into the season with Pat Frymouth. I feel like a lot of people did. And Pat Frymouth was disappointing, didn't do a ton. Um, and he could still surprise people. People could, you know, he could be drafted earlier. I've seen him as the first pick in the second round by the Jaguars. Um, but that's where Kyle Pitts comes in. And I mean, Kyle Pitts already was top three tight end and a lot of people's book, I think, in, I mean, in ours as well, but yeah. Kyle Pitts really, really showed out. And Brevin Jordan got hurt early on in the season. And, you know, we didn't really see a ton of him. He was kind of on and off throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I like Brevin Jordan, a uh, big playmaker for Miami early on in the season. You could see him and what he was able to do in those first few games. He just big splash. Um, potential late second round, early third round, much like mm -hmm. – I think you can say the same about Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State. He just wasn't able to really put it together. You know, he was kind of solid, not overly, you know, doing too much at the tight end position for Penn State. And then he had an injury um, that required surgery. So uh, that kind of ended his season that we didn't get to see. So um, unfortunate for that, but he's still a solid, either the number two or number three overall tight end here in the 
2021 NFL draft. So I think either of these guys are solid pickups for whatever team takes them. Um, you know, Pat Fryermuse is a bit bigger, you know, 6'5, 256, runs a 4'7. So um, if you want a little bit smaller, quicker guy, you go with Brevin Jordan. If you want more of a beefy, or you want to make sure he can block type tight end, you go with Pat Fryermuth. Um, Pat Fryermuth, I think there's an amazing stat I saw the other day about him that he is like, never dropped the pass when thrown in the end zone or something or wow. in, the, in the red zone or something like that, or like com- some crazy stat like that, that, you know, power football focus or somebody, um, you know, comes up with. So it, it's an amazing that he is able to put up numbers like that. I think teams are definitely paying attention to that because you, once you get into the red zone, you want somebody that you can trust down there at, as, as the quarterback. So um, I think Pratt Fryermuth, you know, can probably squeeze his way right ahead of Brad and Jordan right here. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And then I'll let you go ahead and talk about some other not well-known tight end names that might not even be on anybody's radar. I mean, the only other two that really come to a lot of people's minds is Jake Funk from Maryland. I've seen a lot of people say he, he, he might even not get, might not even get drafted. Um, The one I kind of want to briefly bring up is Duke tight end Noah Gray. You know, he's six, five, 64240 another big body wide receiver probably the other one of the other big body wide receivers or tight ends outside of you know Kyle Pitts um and you know Pat Fryermuth not too versatile his most most of his the majority of his targets came in 2019 um granted the ACC did play a little bit of a shortened season um but he did have what 392 and three touchdowns two seasons ago and 285 and two touchdowns. So he, he's been consistent throughout the majority of his career. I'm, I think he'll get drafted, but I, I, I would imagine it's going to be somewhere between the six and seven round range. Yeah, probably. Um, if that even won't get drafted, but then it'll be a steal on the free agent market for somebody. Um, a couple other guys that I just noticed Hunter Long at a Boston College in Trey oh, yeah. Georgia. Um, two solid guys. Trey McKitty originally transferred over from Florida State to Georgia. Um, had a really good senior bowl, so um, it was good for him. Um, he had good productive seasons um, at Florida State, not overly but when he came to Georgia, he was shown that once he is able to get an open field and have a quarterback that can somewhat throw it to him, that he can be able to make bigger plays. Solid blocker all along, and you were going to talk about a prototypical tight end. Look no further than Hunter Long, tight end, Boston College, 6'5", 250, um, runs a four seven nine. So, you know, pretty solid guy as well. Racked up close to 800 yards this past year. So, you know, there's there's still a couple tight ends here that you can start to keep your eyes on in, in the later round, the mid to late rounds here. Yeah, Hunter Long has really put himself on the map. I totally forgot about that. I don't know how I did. But, yeah, Hunter Long has really put himself on the map. I'm anxious to see where he falls because I've seen him fluctuate. Um, you know, during the season, people were mocking him in the third round. I've seen him in – early four to fifth round range. So I'm, I'm very curious to see where he falls and where teams, how teams are going to view a tight end like him. And I have seen Trey McKinney. I totally forgot about as well. Yeah. Um, Hunter Long really b- bursted upon the scene this year. It was good for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, just all overall solid tight end. Like I was saying, could be a starter in the NFL or be a good number two or number three guy. Um, solid blacker starts at the wide tight end in the NFL. Hopefully we can see that. Um, he's a reliable blocker and, you know, contributes in the passing game as well. So you can't have much more other than a solid um, tight end like that. So um, anybody else you want to touch on before we head, go ahead and pay some bills before we log off? Uh, no, I've, we kind of touched up on everyone we, we wanted to. 
Yeah, awesome, guys. So Sam and I are going to talk. Um, we're going to figure out what position group we're doing next, whether that's offensive line or, um, you know, I probably would, you know, round out the offense for us before we start getting into the defense. So we'll probably do an offensive line next week. So you guys tune into that. Um, talk about the uh, the big heavies down there at the front line. I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, as always, guys, go to myboogie.ag, use code USN100 for double your first deposit. Minimum deposit $45, deposit 50, get $50 of free play. Easy as that, guys. Head over to rxhemp.com, use code rxhemp-usn, and get 10% off every single one of your purchases. RxHemp, guys, is all natural CBD pain relief cream. Um, just CBD, guys, no THC in it. So if you're worried about it having marijuana and, and all that stuff, um, then, you know, this kind of will soothe your brain when it comes to making this choice to go ahead and buy this hot, cool therapy that is RxHemp. It's amazing stuff, guys. I've used it on my lower back all the time. Also, head over to our new shop teespring.com backslash stores backslash unwrapped get all your favorite shows merchandise all your unwrapped styles as well from the drip style to the um there's the the hollywood um design there's the sitcom design all kinds of cool designs on there the grocery uh or the thank you have a good day um service you know industry design on there as well it's awesome stuff and then also head over to patreon.com Look up Unwrapped Sports. Go ahead and contribute and help us, help our network grow. Be a part of our network. If you're one of our fans that are in here all the time, throw us a dollar every month. That's as much as we ask, but you don't get all the you know cool um, additions on top of that with a dollar. But when you pay for the $5 and the $10 levels, then you start getting more benefits as it comes. Both of those come with access to our 24-7 Discord, which is awesome. Um, one comes with an entry into a $10 Amazon gift card giveaway and a 10% off to our store. That's going to be your family package at the $5 level. At the $10 level, you get 20% off our store. You get access to that Discord as well, that 24-7 Discord. You also get entered into the $10 Amazon gift card giveaway, but you also get entered into our signed jersey or memorabilia giveaway that happens each and every month. So 10 bucks, you get entered into this giveaway for a signed jersey and a, and a gift card to Amazon. It's awesome stuff we got going on, guys. Go show us some love over there. And um, let me mention that this week's signed jersey is a signed or er, signed powder blue um, Keenan Allen jersey for the Chargers, guys. So you really want to check that out. Head over to um, at Unrad Sports to go check out the picture on that. Um, all the information is there on the page. If you need the link for that, hit myself or Sam up. If you um, can't get a hold of us, hit up anybody on the Unwrapped Sports Network. Hit up the Unwrapped Sports Network in their DMs even. Um, whatever it takes, guys. We're trying to build this thing. We want you guys along for the ride. Um, so join us there. So, um, Sam, any quick shout outs before we log off? Um, no, just, I mean, give dairy sports a follow. I run dairy sports, but yeah, we'll be back Wednesday. Um, probably round up the offense, but we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of hard, you know, offensive line can get kind of boring and there's always <laughs> like you guys that you can talk about, but, um, you know, you know, you know, the offensive line more than I do. You pay attention to all this stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll be back next guy or next week, guys. Uh, most likely with the offensive line.